It's time for your daily cards. Joe Roderick and Bob Ramsey bring you your weekday Cardinals news and notes right here on Claves Online. Presented by Munganast, St. Louis Acura, and Royal Banks of Missouri. Here's Joe and Rammer. And it's April 13th. Welcome on in to Daily Cards here on ClavesOnline.com, presented by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Royal Banks of Missouri. I am Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Bob Ramsey. Rammer, how are you? Good morning, Joe. It's good to visit with you on a fine day. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully we get a better result from the Cardinals tonight. But before we go any further, we just want to thank our friends at Royal Banks of Missouri for sponsoring this program. Royal Banks of Missouri, where better service means better banking, Joe. 312-314-212-1500. Call the bankers over there at Royal Banks. They're there to help you achieve your financial goals. And I think the service that Royal Banks provides, whether it's whether it's interactive tellers at, at, at their branches on their drive-up branches, whether it's finding ways to find the right loan product for you, whether it's a traditional loan, a home mortgage, a home equity credit line, Royal Banks is there to help you achieve those goals. You can also go online to royalbanksofmo.com. That's royalbanks with an S of mo.com. And they're there to take care of you. Better service and better banking at Royal Banks. And uh, they will be there for all of your banking needs. The, uh, the Cardinals lose last night 5-2 to two to the Washington Nationals. And, Rammer, you, we, we sat here yesterday talking about the fact that we didn't quite understand how the COVID injury list uh, worked, and we thought maybe we were going to miss Josh Bell and Kyle Schwarber. But no, both of those guys are now off the COVID list, and they uh, they played a uh, they played a decent role in the game yesterday. Josh Bell scoring two runs in the game, Kyle Schwarber with two hits, and uh, man, that Nationals team just looks a whole heck of a lot different with those two hitting four and five in the lineup. And don't forget Josh Harrison too. I'm a big fan of Harrison. Um, he's so versatile. He's a terrific hitter. Uh, good glove man. I mean, he he. He's, he's a professional baseball player. I really like Harrison. And while he's not one of those heart of the order guys, um, he can get big hits for you too. I think all three of those guys make a difference on that club. Yeah, they, uh, they, they certainly do. And now the Cardinals have to account for them. It was kind of one of those games. It was, you know, seemed like death by a thousand cuts yesterday. You look at it and it was a five, two game. The Cardinals really didn't seem like they had any real chance or any real life in the game, one run in the first two runs in the sixth, one in the seventh, one in the eighth. And the nationals just, you know, added on here and there. And it just, it took the Cardinal offense. I it really seemed like they, they were struggling against just another no name pitcher. We only get six hits. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you, you really don't have to go any further. You've got to be better than that in today's game. Um, there was a time when I was a kid that pitching speed and defense was one of the ways a team could win. Go back and look at the Dodgers in the 60s, and that's what they did. But even they would have a couple of hitters like Tommy Davis or Willie Davis or somebody who could really energize the top two or three in the order, and then they had great pitching and defense. Cardinals defense is pretty good. Um, pitching, eh? And the offense is pretty bad. That's not a good formula. I don't care what era you're playing in. They've got, it's got to get better or five and five is about what you're going to see this year. Now, I'm not 
I, I'm not doing a knee-jerk reaction to a single game. Just talking about the kinds of formulas you can put together to make a winning team. This is not one of those formulas as it appears to us in the second week of the season. We've seen 10 games now out of this team, only one quality start from your starting pitching. And that's that's just going to tax the bullpen. You you saw Sunday, Johan Oviedo had to come in and throw four and a third, and he's done. Now, if you, you figure for three, four days, he's not going to be available for you out of the bullpen, which means yesterday you have to go to Giovanni Gallegos for two innings. And then Andrew Miller comes in, can't get anybody out. And then you have to ask Ryan Helsley to pitch two innings, which means both of those guys probably aren't going to be available today too. And here we sit, we're recording this before noon on, uh, on Tuesday. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a roster move made to bring up another pitcher uh, as somebody gets called up from Sage. You're going to have to, um, but let me, do you mind if I pick a friendly fight with you? Because okay. you rep, you, I, I'm forcing you to represent modern baseball metrics okay. and, and the new school thinking, whether it, whether it fits you or not, I'm asking you to take that position. I've been, I've been understanding for the last half dozen years or so though, but the idea of a starter is passe. It's too old school. And we just have an opener. I think the Cardinals in the first week and a half of the season are proving that the opener theory doesn't work. It doesn't work and this is the proof well i think you know and and the rays have made a point of using that opener i think the rays are the team that have popularized the opener rammer they actually plan for their opener to only go one or two innings in the game before handing it off to the bullpen mike schilt's not planning that when mike schilt has a guy on the mound to start the game he's hoping he doesn't have to go out there and get that guy until the fifth sixth seventh inning it just hasn't been the case but for, the workload, uh, for this but, team. Yeah. But we're talking workloads, though. Yeah, it's not it, working for them. It, it, well, it doesn't work. The Rays may, and I want to say may be an anomaly. Uh, I'm telling you, that theory does not work. The only way you could make it work is if you had 20 pitchers. Yeah, which you're never going to have. They're not numbers. They're human beings with sore arms Mm -hmm. to get fatigued. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't. And so we, we, you know, we, we sit and we wait to see what kind of move is possibly going to be made here this uh, here today. And you, you talk about the offense. Matt Carpenter finally gets a hit yesterday. It was a bunt single against the shift. So he finally snaps that O for the season. And so now I guess we turn our attention to the offense, which Carpenter still by no means has snapped out of any streak, but you turn your attention now to the struggles of a Paul Goldschmidt and what he's doing at, to start the year. Just he, he's a, and he normally he is a slow starter, but I, I have a feeling that him batting second is not going to last much longer. I feel like they will move him back to that three spot where maybe he's more comfortable. What does that mean? I don't know what it means. And that's the thing. It, it just, some guys will hit better in other spots. They, they, when Paul Goldschmidt first came here in 2019, they had him bat second and outside of that second game of the year where he hit three home runs against the Brewers, he wasn't very good hitting second. They moved him to third. He put up Paul Goldschmidt numbers and some guys perform better in different spots or, but here's the thing. 
you can make it a self-fulfilling prophecy. You already said he's a slow starter. So you move him back to third and eventually he starts hitting again. See, I told you it's the batting order. No, it's just because he normally starts slow and then starts hitting again. Now, having said that, I thought he should hit third all along. And so if they do that, even if it's for the wrong reason, I think it'll benefit the team. Yeah, you did see yesterday for the first time this year, I think, Rammer, you'd agree that the best five hitters on the Cardinals batted one through five. And I think that's the first time we have seen that lineup in that yeah. order this year. Yeah, I do agree with that. The other thing that um, bothered me a little bit is, um, a bothered probably too strong of a term, but both Dean and Thomas looked really good at the plate the day before, and then they didn't get another look. Now, you say, well, look, he pulled the right trigger. Carpenter got a bunt and a walk. Uh, oh, no, that's okay. Are we already, are we making a determination that Dean and, and Thomas can't hit right-handed pitching? Are we already having a platoon? That's, talk about knee-jerk reactions. I, I, I didn't get that. But as it turns out, Williams, who's still a prospect, he was on base twice, so, mm -hmm. so that's fine. I'm okay with that, but it's a little bit of a head scratcher. You're dying to get some offense. You got some guys that look good at the plate, and then you go to the guys who haven't looked good. Again, um, and I'm not big on results-oriented uh, uh, thinking and managing, but the two guys you put in, each had a hit and each had a walk, so that's four times on base. So I guess you can't argue with it. I'm just interested at the thought process that put them in that position. Yeah, Paul DeYoung also had a hit yesterday, so he gets his average up over uh, 100 on the year, but still with two strikeouts in the game. Uh, if they're going to go with a platoon, we're going to see a right-hander uh, tonight and a good one in Steven Strasburg. It is Steven Strasburg and Jack Flaherty on the mound. So if you are one of the 13,000 that has tickets to the game tonight, you're going to see two very good pitchers throwing for their respective teams. Yeah, it really should. And, you know... Um... Flaherty, we've seen, you know, uh, be really, really good and sometimes just not be able to find it. He'll be challenged with this lineup, but, but that's that's baseball. That's what you want to see. He's your guy to come out here and stop the losing streak and get after it. And this is um, this is a marquee matchup. This is yeah. ace versus ace, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, Steven Strasburg, his first time out was last Wednesday. Uh, his only start of the year went six innings, allowed one hit, and struck out eight. In a uh, in a game against the Braves, so see he was uh, he was on for his uh, for his uh, season debut last week. So that's what we have tonight. Hopefully, the Cardinals snap their three game losing streak and move above five hundred with a uh, with a win later on tonight. Six forty five start time, a early game tomorrow afternoon. Speaking of uh, speaking of today's lineup. It seems like, and I'm trying to I'm trying to read Mike Schilt's pattern. Over the years, I got pretty good at reading LaRusso's, but Schilt, it looks like ostensibly he's going to use a sort of a platoon. And if he does, that would mean Carpenter and Williams are back in there today. Doesn't that feel weaker than than Dean and Thomas, even going against a right-hander in Strasburg? But if I'm looking to see the consistency in trying to read a pattern in Mike Schilt. What you're going to have, I, I, here's my prediction of what Mike Schilt will say in the pregame uh, press conference today, is he will cite 
Matt Carpenter's career numbers against Steven Strasburg, which I don't know what they are, but my guess is he has faced Steven Strasburg enough in his career that he has hits against him, maybe even a home run or two against Steven Strasburg. But those are also not 2020 Matt Carpenter stats, and I'm guessing they weren't that great back in 2019 either. So he's going to be citing old Matt Carpenter stats as a reason for putting Matt Carpenter in the lineup today. Oh gosh. Um, that I'm probably too much of a fan of managers and understanding all the things they have to go through um, to try and make some of those decisions. I'm not saying what kind of what you're calling them out on is will be incorrect. I'm not suggesting that, but um I'm not willing to be negative about that. You have to go by something. Um, let me check real quick here. And, and as you look, you know, um, Carpenter doesn't have good numbers against him in his no. career. Okay. So it doesn't matter. Um, really, hardly anybody does, quite frankly. No, <laughs> he's, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's one of he's them. He's great. <laughs> he really but, is. But anybody, uh, anyway, um, we didn't really get into the uh, what apparently has a lot of people up in arms about the managerial decision to bunt Gant and uh, and then leave him in the game, and he blew up in the six. Um, it was kind of an old school move. Yeah. Um, you know, as I watched it, I thought, okay, it feels like Gant's still got it going again. Um, some people, uh, and I get it, are the cup half empty people, and say, hey, we got five out of him. Let's don't, you know. Uh, let's don't pitch him to failure. That's a real dangerous way to manage. But if you can, if you can be right, it's a good way to do it because then you always leave your pitchers coming out of a game, feeling positive. They did their job. So I see both sides of that coin without knowing Gantt, without relying on what my pitching coach is telling me. I'm not sure what I would have done. I think as I watched I expected a pinch hitter and that's why I was a little surprised, but I understand what he was doing. And Dave Martinez was catching some heat too yesterday for the, uh, the few times that he was having the, uh, the nationals bunt in the game, both, uh, both managers were, <laughs> were, uh, you know, calling the bunt sign a lot yesterday, but the, uh, the team that won, isn't going to catch as much flack as the team that lost. Yeah. You know, the, uh, what are the odds in a pinch hitter? Who would the pinch hitter have been, first of all? What are his odds of making that happen with runners at first and second? Pretty good, probably. You get the bunt down, you move both guys into scoring position, but there's two outs. It's a lot of pressure on Tommy Edmond. He's been one of your better guys. I, I see it. Again, I don't know if I would have pushed that button, but um, despite what you again i'm putting you in a position to defend all those people <laughs> you people um want to eliminate bunts from the game sometimes and especially when you are not hitting it might be the only way you can get a runner in scoring position and and he <clears throat> needed gant to go longer i think the real question was not the bunt but he bunted because he needed gant to go longer was that a reasonable expectation i think that's the question 
We have uh, we have 152 games, Rammer, to argue about this the remainder of the season. I will tell Good. you this: you get 27 outs a game. I'm not a fan of just giving them away for free. That's that's my mindset when it comes to this. We'll see how it plays out. Tonight, 645, Nationals and Cardinals, game two of the series down at Bush. This has been Daily Cards, presented by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Royal Banks of Missouri, and also Rammer. Uh, Klaibs yesterday wanted to let people know that if you go in to Munganass St. Louis Acura or Munganass Alton Toyota, buy a car, mention Klaibs online, he will give you a pair of his Cardinal tickets for uh, for going in there and buying a uh, buying a car from either of the two Mung- and ass uh, car dealerships that sponsor us here on clabesonline.com. He's Bob Ramsey. I'm Joe Roderick. We'll talk to you tomorrow. At St. Louis Acura, we have over 250 pre-owned vehicles in stock, many of them priced under $20,000. Have a trade-in or want to sell your car? Bring it in for a quick appraisal and sell your car in minutes. We also have free vehicle pickup and delivery to your home or office. That's just one reason we are the nation's only 29-time Acura Precision Team winner for customer satisfaction. And why we have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Magadass St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you.